The crowd standing, cameras flashing, and Rivera cool as a cucumber. The 1-0. Swung on, hit in the air to left center. Bernie trots over. Curtis is there. Curtis makes the catch. Ball game over. World Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. And NBA history has just been made. The New York Knicks are the first eight seed to ever make the NBA Finals. The game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. They have upset the Baltimore Colts and beat them handily here today. as to who's going to take it. McInerney trying to line up the wall, helping out Evan Bush. Villa steps into it, rolling in! David Villa, his second of the game, his eighth of the season. New York City is back in front. Ah, David Villa. What would we do without him? Well, you know what? We're going to find out what we're going to do with him and two other great stars as Pirlo formerly of Juventus, the Champions League finalists, have they officially unveiled the worst-kept secret in MLS history today with the, the announcing of signing of uh, Pirlo for NYCFC. Uh, speaking of NYCFC, guys, and I'm going to get into that really, really quick, uh, but before I do, uh, I do have my mid-season report coming up for the Yankees that I'm going to be working on. And I'm pretty happy to say that it's a lot more positive than I thought it was going to be. At the beginning of the year, I really thought the Yankees were going to finish fourth, maybe maybe fifth in the American League East. And as of recording this today, they are one game up currently. I mean, it's a long season. I get it. I know it's a marathon, not a sprint. But the Yankees are putting together a lot better season than than you know, I thought they were going to. And a lot of experts thought they were going to. Not that you know, I'm an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a fan, you know? That makes me somewhat of an expert, a little bit, I would like to say. Anywho, so yeah, I'm going to be taking a look at that. I'm going to be doing the midseason reports, uh, kind of giving my grades on um, on what what you know each. I don't want to say each like uh, each category: fielding, pitching, batting, and kind of what we need to do to attack in the second half to not only make our lead in the American League East stick and see if we can't go on a deep playoff run and rekindle some past glory. Anyways, guys, uh, but today's show is all about soccer, and it's all about NYCFC, and, you know, I'm a big soccer fan as well, and I don't touch upon it enough. It's because that the MLS, every time the EPL season would end, I'd want to watch the MLS, but I didn't have a horse in the race, and I just couldn't get into the New York Red Bulls. Then NYCFC, who's 20% owned by the Yankees and 80% owned by Man City, not that I'm a Man City fan, but, you know... 20% by the Yankees, I sure liked. I started checking out their games, and all of a sudden, I never missed a game. Then all of a sudden, I was at a game live, and it was great. So I wanted to get a couple guys on the show to talk a little bit about, you know, the season and their love for soccer and this, that, and the other. And I today was uh, joined by Jake Beckard and Trey Fulmore of the Blue Balls NYCFC podcast. These guys do an awesome job. Uh, their show's great. They're funny. Basically, all it is, it's three guys today just shooting the shit talking a little soccer, and uh, we had a lot of fun, so 
We're going to take a quick little break. I'll come back with Trey and Jake, and we're going to talk a little bit of NYCFC football for y'all. Enjoy. NYC, NYC, we are NYCFC from the Bronx all the way down to the Battery. We are NYCFC, NYC, NYC, we are NYCFC from the Bronx all the way down to the Battery. We are NYCFC, NYC, NYC, we are NYCFC from the Bronx all the way down to the Battery. We are NYCFC, NYC. NYC, NYC, we are NYCFC from the Bronx all the way down to the Battery. We are NYCFC. All right, guys, welcome back. Right now, I am joined by two huge NYCFC fans. They host the NYCFC Blue Balls podcast, which the name is awesome. I'm joined by Trey Fillmore and Jake Beckhard. Boys, how you guys doing tonight? Oh no, guys! Thanks for coming on over. It's always great when I can meet another uh, couple kooky guys. You guys uh, run a great little show over there. It's awesome. How long have you guys been doing it for? Thank you so much. Since uh, January? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was just at the start of January. We jumped on about uh, a, a little before we did. We had the super draft for uh, uh, NYCFC, and we're trying to cover all of the preseason. Uh, news, that kind of thing. Right on. What, what? So, guys, I'll start. I'll ask you both individually. What got you into soccer? You want to take that first, Trey? Sure, I will. Um, you know, growing up, uh, I think a lot of kids uh, do soccer uh, and play it as a youngin. And my dad was the local soccer coach, so I played it uh, through childhood. And then I grew up. I kind of switched over to a a, a more diverse neighborhood uh, for my teen years. A lower income neighborhood and you know soccer is known as an international uh sport and i i was lucky enough to make a great group of friends that really got me into it hardcore i mean life death daytime nighttime that's all we did and uh i really got into it when i was i don't know 12 13 hardcore and then kind of have kept it consistently just tried to honor i don't know how i grew up that's awesome what about you jake I am a much more recent convert, I would say. I actually grew up, I played a little soccer, you know, as like a little baby kid, like I think every, like almost every young person in America has at this point, um, but I never followed it. My family's not a big soccer family. Uh, my dad's actually a huge Red Sox fan, sorry to say. Oh, no. I know, I know. Uh, and I was definitely born and bred in that culture, and I, I sometimes feel as if I'm breaking his heart a little by, like, having made soccer my main sport that I follow, because, you know, I, but I try to get my family in uh, myself. It's great. I started following it because, um, I mean, I think that I must have watched the 2006 World Cup, and, and, and something about it snagged me, something about the flow of the matches, something about, like, the global atmosphere, and, like, every time I watched, I got more invested. I ended up following the Premier League, like, sometime after that. Uh, and I've just been trying to sort of diversify my, my um, you know, the input. There's so much going on at any given time. There's so much talent uh, worldwide. There's so many beautiful uh, uh, moves and choices and things. I, I really adored it. As far as New York and MLS, I mean, it was just, it felt like kismet when New York got a team. And I really, and, and a perfect way to sort of get fully into a league that I'd only sort of uh, 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 vaguely followed up until then. Jake, actually, and I was the exact same way. I tried to check out MLS here and there because I'm a big soccer fan too. I was born into a into an English family. My mother, she's uh, she's from Newcastle, so I'm I'm a Magpie supporter uh, in the EPL. But I feel, I'm so sorry for you. Oh, buddy, 
You don't need it. Sympathy not needed. I made that decision on my own, so I, 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 I made my bet and I'm lying in it. We are uh, actually, I'm driving down to Milwaukee in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, sorry, next week to go see them play uh, SC Atlas, so I'm, I'm looking forward. Oh, fucking Yeah, man, it's going to be great. Cool. Uh, three Englishmen down in uh, Milwaukee, and I'm sure there won't be too many beers being drank at all. So. <laughs> no, the soberest of occasions. Oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, no, I was the same way because I, I liked MLS. I, I tried to check it out. I love soccer. So I, I wanted something to watch during the summertime, like during the summer months, but I couldn't just get a horse in the race. You know what I mean? I never could get into the Red Bulls. I don't know where you go. What did you guys have uh, any, because I know on your guys show, neither of you guys are uh, man city supporters, right? Nope. No, no, and <laughs> not at all. And that's a thing because I think Jake, you're a you're a Chelsea supporter, and Trey, you like uh, Everton, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, flip those. Oh, the other way around. Sorry, guys. And um, but yeah. So what made you? What did you guys follow on last before NYCFC got a team? And did you have like a team that you guys followed or a team that you guys liked? It's funny that you say it because just after. Um... Just after the 2010 World Cup, I, both Trey and I were living in New York, and I'd been living there for a little while. Trey moved there like, uh, uh, like either during or just after that, and we, um, we, we like I think really tried to get together and like start following Red Bulls, like coming off of the steam of that, just like you know support your local league, like make sure that like the 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 U.S. teams are like reflected in like an equally strong like U.S. National League, and and. Um, I don't know. I mean, you were a lot better at it than I was, but I could not, for the life of me, bring myself to feel like it was a team that belonged to me at all, you know? And I don't know, some of that was was definitely being a New York transplant, uh, mm-hmm. coming from the D.C. area and feeling like there was already a team I was supposed to be supporting if I was going to jump in in that way. Uh, some of it was just like I couldn't find where the connection was, something disillusioned me about the branding, maybe. I don't know. It's one of those ephemeral things, you know? And as... as in opposition, NYCFC, it, it, despite the fact that it comes with all this Man City branding, which like we've quetched about like ad nauseum on the show, uh, it still felt something like a blank slate. And, and and even more so, you know, one of the reasons we started the radio show was so that we could uh, we could imprint our own desires onto that blank slate and sort of put them out a little more into the world. Yeah, and myself, we both grew up in the D.C. area, and I, you know, tried to watch as much D.C. United as possible at the time. MLS has quadrupled in size since then, and uh, especially even more recently in the last year or two, especially with the most recent World Cup. And now this new team was announced. They announced Frank Lampard. I know for me personally, that was a big motivator. And (laughs) another reason is that they were playing just a 15-minute walk away from our house. And, and yeah, yeah. that was so convenient and so awesome. Not the main reason why we switched over. No, but, but it's super easy to, like, down a, a 40 and a half and, like, go strolling across the bridge <laughs> to get to Yankee Stadium. Well, I couldn't think of a better way to spend an afternoon. Actually, guys, um, you know, obviously my readers know and my listeners know that I'm actually, uh, I actually live in Toronto. And, oh, okay. No yeah, and I, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, ever since I was a kid, I've been a kind of, I want to. I don't want to say obsessed, but I will say obsessed with the with the New York City culture. It all started for me when I became a Yankee fan when I was six years old, and just kind of blossomed from there. So, yeah, no one really looks at me as a, a, a Torontonian. I'm basically a New Yorker in in, I guess you could say a transplanted New Yorker who just never actually grew up there. But I've been tons of times. I was actually at the TFC game, NYCFC game a couple of weeks back when uh, we beat them handedly two nil. And yeah, I, hell yeah. Yeah, and I made it out of that, uh, boys, I made it out of that stadium alive after retiring about eight and a half Bud Lights. <laughs> I, oh, man. I say eight and a half because I dropped a half a beer on the ground when uh, we scored that second goal. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, no, you're not conflicted at all about this weekend either. Then. Oh no, not at all. So I mean, I have a friend who's a Impact supporter as well, who we beat this last. But I mean, we're looking at uh, uh, sorry, not Prelo Lampard making his debut. This hell yeah! This weekend, it's gonna be a big game. Oh, it's gonna be absolutely huge. The guys, this team, they seem to be a little bit streaky. You know that we started off the season kind of shitty, and then you go on a run. You know what I mean? Can this team make the playoffs? And if they can, what do they have to do? Well, that's a big question. And I think it all boils down to how these new pieces blend into this team. If you saw uh, Toronto, speaking of, at the beginning of the season, came in with high hopes with the pieces they added in Giovinco and uh, Sherry who came in, and you would think that that team would start off strong with those new pieces, and they proved otherwise. And I guess I'm a little nervous about that happening with us, but it does seem like this is a great turning point where morale can be high. We're, we've won four games of the last five. David Villa scored six goals in his last six games, really looking like the star we had hoped him to be. Mm -hmm. And it's now becoming a good environment for these new players to join into. And right now, uh, what are we? Seventh place. If we win this weekend against Toronto by, I think, at least one goal, uh, then that moves us into the playoff spot, which is something I know you and I even joked about we didn't even imagine happening at certain points in the season. Uh, So I'm staying positive. I think that it's definitely, definitely possible. It all comes down to how this team can manage without Mix with his international duties. Yes. And if Pirlo and Lampard can come in like the veterans we hope them to be and be plug-and-play pieces as opposed to having to learn this new system and new style. And I think we both also had to adjust. I mean, like, that's true that, like, we were joking about, like, probably no playoffs, but, like, at the same time in, like, the early predictions – Definitely, I was calling for it. Looking at like the roster of talent, looking at like the expected people to come in, and that like may have been overly optimistic. I think we both went through a learning curve in terms of um, what is it to root for an expansion team, really, and especially yeah. an expansion team built from scratch. Uh, but I think that it's eminently capable. I mean, like one of the things you can't uh, stress enough is how, how much parity there is in uh, MLS, and especially uh, in the East. I mean, like and and. One man's parody is another man's like lack of quality, but like even so, when a team like Philly that gets so much maligned uh, can like take a huge win away from DC United, which is you know regarded often as the top of the of, of the division, uh, yeah, absolutely, there's always room for you in the sixth spot. Yeah, and it's funny that you bring up rooting for an expansion team because it's something that I haven't done either. You know, because either you get into uh, you get into your teams when they're already established, so it's a, it's a totally new. Pardon the pun, but it's a totally new ball game because you're expecting to go through those growing pains, but we don't seem to be getting the growing pains as much as we thought we would with this team in the first season. Wouldn't you guys agree? It's coming around. It's definitely turning, and I think that some of it is money. You know, yeah, it's, well, yeah. it's been great. It's, some of it is the scouting system that we've got the, from that we can plug into City Financial Group that allows us to sort of uh, assess as thoroughly as possible what the gaps are and how to fill them. Uh, and some of it is like that we've got uh, some of the best management uh, available. I mean, like I think you cannot. People were very quick to start calling for crisis head when like things were looking rough for us, and we had that winless or that uh, yeah the, the the winless streak. But you can't 
uh, it's such an incredibly difficult job. And what we have earned, we've earned by dint of like the work that he's put into this team, the amount to which he's been able to encourage players to play his system. I mean, like some of the most beautiful play, I think, was like successful employment of the diamond he likes to use, uh, among other things. I mean, what do you think, man? I think you and I are on the same page on that. Maybe not everyone is, but you have one of the best players to ever play in Major League Soccer and then become a very successful manager, taking him when he's in his prime uh, in terms of management and having a whole team that he can build and help shape. I think he's done a great job. There definitely was growing pains, especially when we lost to the Red Bulls it, the first time. It really mm-hmm. looked like there was not any hope of playoffs at all. But oh, he yeah. did his job. He benched both of our star players in that game uh, near the end. And... He, since then, has done a great job keeping morale up when we lose and keeping uh, the team grounded when we win. And I'm happy to have a manager that that can achieve that for this team. I think this team really rides and falls on his shoulders and that he's done a great job so far. It'll definitely be interesting seeing more star players on the roster now that we're yeah. like signing all of these greats, former greats, club greats uh, from Europe. It's, it's going to be... Uh, because I think some of his like best and bravest calls come from like trusting the homegrown talent, trusting the MLS talent, and trying to work with. I mean, it's a lot of. I mean, I can't speak to anybody's egos, but it's a lot of talent in one room, and like it, there's going to be jockeying, there's going to be uh, more chafing, I think, than a lot of people are expecting. People are hoping for like you know, like people to soar in on angels' wings and just like bring us to the top of the division. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to be as there are going to be growing pains the same way there were in the first half of the season. What we're hoping is that the result is a bigger, stronger team, even than we could have hoped for without them. So you guys kind of already touched upon it. And that was going to kind of be my next question with the big three that we have coming in, obviously with Vila and uh, Lampard coming in and with Prelo. Honestly, guys, how do you think these three guys are going to play together? Because I don't think they ever played. I, I will actually, I know they never played together in any sort of uh, competitions over in Europe. Do you guys think these guys can coexist? Our midfield looks honestly amazing with uh, Lampard and Prelo, and David Villa just keeps just has got to continue being David Villa. But at the end of the day, are these three guys? Because not all the time. I remember those uh, New York Ranger teams of the early two thousands when they would run out and they would sign. They had like Lindros, they had Barnaby, they had Pavel Bury. Sometimes if you put too many superstars together on a team, it's not necessarily a good thing. So are these three guys going to, A, be able to coexist? And I mean, and I don't mean so much professionally. I just mean playing on a, a personal level. Because if you guys watch the uh, this quote-unquote golden generation of English footballers, Lampard and Gerrard never really, really kind of hooked up and got along. So I'm hoping we're not going to see a, a certain, the, the, pretty much the same thing. But can these guys all get along? And what what problems could you foresee coming? It's a good question, and I think it's nuanced, but especially the style of play. I, I, like Trey has talked extensively about how these three players can complement each other in the offense and how we're going to see it entirely. I mean, I think what you said was like we can threaten from anywhere on the field. Yeah, and I think that's the. I think one of the more, more important things, I think people over overemphasize Pirlo's age and don't take into account that he has been consistent in his minutes and non uh, has stayed off of the 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 injury list for a lot of his career, especially recently. So I'm not worried about that with him. You hope that Lampard can put in solid minutes after not having to in the last two years. But Pirlo and Lampard are both very similar, but also very different players. You have a very smooth, silky, long-touched, heavy-touched Frank Lampard uh, coming into the team. Uh, And this team does need to stretch the field more. And then you have a team like Pirlo, who I think fits perfectly into the system that's already in place. Uh, He's very controlled and compact and can open up the field from tight spaces. And many games, 
uh, we've been that we've been successful and we've been the bully. We've been playing on a tightened field. We force players to the outside uh, on defense, and I think uh, these players can fit in well doing that. I think if Pirlo can play more centrally, as he has been known to do more earlier in his career, and you hope that he can do do more, I guess more uh, defensively, if, if he can keep those chops up, then you'll see a team that can stretch the field from for the whole two-thirds, the attacking two-thirds of the field. Uh, Villa's shown that he can play a full 90, and, and he can actually be successful by himself up top, which has been, uh, or at least decently, and uh, that's been kind of a saving grace of this team so far. So I think as long as these players, there will be growing pains with these three as well, uh, but once you get Mix and Pirlo and Lampard all on the field at the same time, you have three players that can all possess the ball confidently and distribute the ball in completely different ways. And yeah. I think that's great. And that, that distribution system, I mean, uh, like, say we can talk about, like, Via has made, has figured out, I think, how to work with our with our midfield. And, like, there's been a lot more success in terms of linking up from there than there was early season when we were just gnashing our fucking teeth constantly about un- being unable to, like, provide him the chances he needs to close. Um but there's still, I mean, we're still not to the level that like Via deserves as a veteran player, like mm-hmm. a veteran international player. What you, what we get when we get Lampard and like I, I believe also Pirlo is like two players who are experts at creating chances for a player like uh, for a player like Via to finish on. And the MLS is a much more physical league than probably these guys. Maybe not Pirlo because Syria, Syria is pretty a physical league. But do you think we'll have trouble like Lampard, especially because I think. And I and I think uh, one of you guys have mentioned it before that the the MLS is a way way more physical league than the EPL. Yeah, in certain ways, definitely. Um, it's it's it'll it, it's a different style of play, but it's not like EPL players have like come here and like really suffered, you know? It's or, or like you know disappointed so gravely, especially the superstars. I mean, if you've got talent, you can play in any league in the world. That's just what it comes down to because it's the same game. Uh, here as it is in New Zealand as it is in China yeah. and fucking I, I, I think that Lampard is somebody with enough technique um, and enough uh, bravado and enough confidence that you're just not gonna I, I a million times uh, out of a million I'm gonna put Lampard in instead of Mehdi Belushi you know yeah of course well uh, no matter how long Belushi has played in the league Fellas, before I let you guys go, uh, and then I'm, I'm going to want to make sure I get uh, you guys get a chance to plug your show and where we can follow you guys on Twitter. Predictions for the end of the season. Go. Ooh. Oh, shit. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm going to put the, the good energy out there, and I'm going to call playoffs for this team. I don't, know how, I don't know how far we'll get, particularly once we get... I like... <sighs> Uh, that's the win. The win is like a playoffs. Game. I agree. The win is I agree. Place in the division. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, we're already out of the Open Cup, so uh, nothing to worry about there. Uh, I, mostly, I think you just want to. Oh Christ! I don't know. What do you? What do you got, Trey? I think I agree. I now at this team, I think the next two three weeks are going to be very telling. But if they go well enough, or you know, this team takes an average amount of points out of the next few weeks, you can definitely hope and hopefully expect. A lower playoff seed. The problem is when you get into the playoffs, then you're going to be playing a DC or you know some of these teams like Columbus. Some of these teams can definitely handle this NYCFC team and have looked confident most of the season. And even though the East is a little, might be a little easier to tackle, I think that you know there's just too much chemistry. The Red Bulls have shown us that 
this team does not have enough chemistry to succeed home and away in a home and away setting. And uh, I hope that we can achieve that. Uh, maybe next season you start to see this chemistry start to build up again. But I, yeah, I'm happy with playoffs, and I see maybe uh, a sixth or fifth seed, maybe a first round knockout. Here's what I'll I'll give you a specific prediction, which is I think that you'll see. Uh, the number of clean sheets double minimum in the second half of the season. I think that we've been apps. I mean, like it's been said a million times, so it's redundant to say it, but we've been garbage in the back line. Mm-hmm. And so much time and energy has been put into uh, reforming that in the signings that we've seen, in the loans that we've seen. I think hopefully, I mean, clearly we have enough talent with Saunders between the, between the posts. Uh, I think hopefully he'll like find that he has enough of a support system that we can start seeing uh, some shutouts happen. Uh, game by game, and I think that you'll see that like a market increase when you look at the stats over the course of the season there. I'm with you guys 100%. I would be happy, more than happy with a playoff appearance because it's, it's one of those things where you're when you're developing an expansion team, even if you make the playoffs and even if you get beat out in the first round, you, you, you all of a sudden you have that playoff experience under your belt. You know what I mean? And that helping that go forward, that's going to help Help you guys uh, build build a big team, boys. I want you guys to give the big plug. I want you guys to plug everything. I want you to tell my uh, everyone out there how they can listen to your podcast, where we can follow you on Twitter. Give us uh, give us all the four one one. We love to plug. We are at Blue Balls Pod on Twitter. You can also find us. Uh, our, our individual Twitters. Trey, where do you tweet at? I'm at Trey Fillmore. Where are you? I am at Jake Beck Nation. On Reddit, you can find us on the Reddit sub. We love the subreddit. We spend a lot of time on there as well. as The, the Reddit sub is reddit.com slash r slash NYCFC. The forums also were all over. It's uh, nycfcforums.com. Both great communities, both like great ways for the fans to, to congregate and to find us. And you can find our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Pretty much any podcatching app. It should be fairly easy. The Blue Balls Podcast. Trey, Jake, thanks a lot for doing this. Hopefully, guys, will come back soon. Man, thank, thank you, for, you so having much us. for having us. No worries, fellas. Okay, guys, take it easy. And uh, you know what? Go NYCFC, beat TSC, because I do not want to listen to a bunch of idiots uh, after this weekend around me. <laughs> come on, you boys in blue. There you have it, guys. Three stunning endorsements for NYCFC to make the playoffs this year. And two of them, to at least get out of the first round. So that's awesome. So yeah, I know those guys were a lot of fun to talk to. I look forward to talking to them again. Again, their uh, podcast, the Blue Balls Podcast, you can find on pod, uh, iTunes, you can find on Podcatcher, you can find on Stitcher, basically anywhere you you can download anything. Uh, the boys also have uh, some Twitter accounts. Uh, Jake's is at Jake Beck Nation, and Trey's is at, at Trey Fillmore. Trey is spelled T-R-E-Y. Uh, Fillmore. So just, yeah, check those guys out. Again, huge thanks for uh, for uh, coming on the show. Well, guys, that's I'm going to just wrap it up for today. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I'll be working on my Yankee midseason report. And uh, yeah, you guys know where to catch me. You guys can uh, you're listening to the podcast now. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at robbymac28. If you guys want to check out my my uh, my blog that I do, it's found at robmacnycsports.woodpress.com. Robmacnycsports.woodpress.com. You can see. All my wonderful, wonderful skills I learned in grade grade 12 English throughout the years. And also, guys, if you want to support me in any of my other uh, endeavors, I also do a baseball podcast called the 216 Stitches Podcast. You can find that on iTunes as well, where we just we not really we don't really talk so much about current baseball. We talk about the romantic side of ba- romantic side of baseball, and it's a little bit different than you might find for a day to day podcast. All right, guys, that's it. And you know what? Go blue this weekend. BTFC.